Hey everyone, and welcome to the Central Church Podcast. While we're in lockdown, we've put together some short reflections and spiritual practices to help get us through. We hope that during this time, these podcasts find you well and help you to connect with God. would come. His answer was, the kingdom of God does not come in such a way as to be seen. No one will say, look, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Luke 17, verse 20 to 21. He's in us and to us, beyond us and through us, the kingdom comes. Surround us like thunder, your kingdom come. The parable of the wheat and weeds, Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, His enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds? they asked. No, he replied, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles and burn them, and to put the wheat in the barn. Kingdom come. Your kingdom come. I want to share with you something from the teachings of St. Teresa of Avila that I found really helpful, and then lead us in an imaginative prayer exercise. So Teresa was a Carmelite nun in Spain, around the same time that Martin Luther lived in Germany in the 16th century. Her contemporaries also included St. John of the Cross and Ignatius of Loyola, both also in Spain. Teresa and Luther, and later John and Ignatius, were busy trying to reform the church of the day. Luther got kicked out of the Roman Catholic Church altogether, and Teresa had to explain herself to the Spanish Inquisition, something that I am really glad I've never had to do. 
And to do this, she wrote her first book, which was called The Book of Her Life, to describe her theology and faith practices to the Inquisitors. At this point in her life and career, she loved to use the metaphor of the soul as an interior garden to describe the spiritual life and the role of prayer in nurturing growth. Later on, she would develop a much more complex and intricate metaphor for the inner, inner world, which she explains in her most well-known work, The Interior Castle. But Teresa began in her early years of teaching and leading people spiritually, enlightening the human soul to a garden, with God dwelling at the centre. The garden contains many beautiful flowers, which she considers are like the virtues. Teresa says, in the garden of our soul, we do not need to worry about tilling the ground, planting the seeds, or even uprooting weeds, because it's God who is the gardener and who does this work. This was a radical notion in her day, and is still pretty radical in ours. In our modern world of self-help and self-improvement, in trying to achieve and become all that we can achieve and become, where we have books on living your best life ever and 12 steps to awesomeness, in our personal commitments to growth and change and transformation, all these things, even when they're rooted in healthy thinking and behavior, um, this idea that it is God alone who is the master gardener of our souls, well, that is really quite radical. Teresa writes that too much concern over virtues and vices, over the positives and negatives of our lives, concern about our own inner growth and transformation, all these things can actually be a distraction from our primary task spiritually in tending our garden, which she says is simply to see that the garden receives sufficient water. For Teresa, the water is nothing other than prayer, and prayer is nothing other than loving attentiveness. To tend the garden of our soul, we simply need to show up every day in loving attentiveness to the gardener, to God. Teresa goes on in this metaphor to outline what she sees as four different kinds of prayer, which relate to four different styles of watering the garden. But I don't want us to get into those today. You could look them up yourself if you're interested. For now, I'd just like us to sit with this image of God the gardener at the center of our being. I'm going to lead us in a simple imaginative prayer exercise that might help to bring this image alive for each one of us. But first, how about we just center ourselves and pray? If you're not already sitting down, maybe you'd like to find a comfortable place to sit or to lie. Maybe just make sure if you're sitting that your feet are planted on the floor, that your arms are relaxed, that you feel comfortable. And take a deep breath in and slowly exhale.
Take another deep breath in. And another long exhale. And just as you keep this simple pattern of breathing, I want you to just center yourself in the loving presence of God. Let's pray. Loving creator, you made bodies and souls and you tend to both with gentle care. We surrender ourselves to you now, again, this day, that you may heal, rest and restore us. Holy Spirit, in these moments to come, would you reveal the love of God to us and lead us towards trust and prayerful attentiveness. We give you our minds and our imaginations. Would you sanctify them through and through with your holy love. Amen. With your eyes closed and your body relaxed, ask God to give you a picture of your soul as a garden. What can you see as you first begin to look around? What are your first impressions of the kind of garden that your soul is? Imagine yourself standing still and quiet. Slowly turn around, imagining all there is to see all around you. What can you hear? Is there sound in your garden? Look down at your feet. Are you barefoot or are you wearing shoes today? Look up to the sky. In your garden, what's the weather like today? You look towards the center of the garden and in the distance you can see the gardener at work. Do you want to move towards him? You're welcome to stand still and watch him work 
for as long as you want. But when you're ready, start to make your way towards the center of the garden. As you go, just pay attention to what's around you. Is there a path for you to follow? If there is a path, what does it look like? Maybe you're making your way around different garden beds weaving and threading through the garden towards the center. Or maybe it's a bit more like cutting your way through a jungle. Just pay attention to the way as you go. The gardener is close. You can hear the sound of his digging. You look up and see him. What is the gardener wearing? Can you see his face? Maybe he's wearing a hat. What is his expression as he looks at you? Side by side with the gardener, you gaze out at the vastness of this beautiful garden, your soul. What can you see as you stand next to him? Maybe some of the garden is wild and untamed. Maybe you can see rows of color daisies and tulips, daffodils and lilies and roses. Maybe there's a section of natives with wattle and banksia, flannel flowers and waratahs. Can you see a veggie patch anywhere at all? with pumpkins and tomatoes, herbs, teepees of snow peas and ears of corn, patches of lettuce and spinach. Perhaps you have a vineyard or an olive grove Maybe there are also some barren places 
some unplowed ground. Weeds popping up in unwanted spaces. Maybe there's dying patches of last season's growth. Things that have gone to seed and are long past their prime. Can you see a compost heap where the gardener turns the rubbish of life into richness? Can you smell manure? All that unlovely crap that when put in the right place provides goodness for next season's growth. So much to see. Too much to take in. Your soul is wider and longer and more bountiful than what you might think. This inner beauty, this inner self, this person whom God has created and whom God tends to. You turn back to the gardener and you ask him what he's working on today. Let him answer you. The gardener asks if you brought the water. You look down and next to your feet you find a watering can filled to the brim. Follow me, he says. Walk with me. Watch me work. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace in this place. And so you follow. You follow where he goes. You water where he leads. Let him do the work. The seeds are his. The harvest is his. The weeds he will deal with. He can turn mistakes and mess and regret into compost. He turns all your crap into goodness. He makes the barren places abundant again and reclaims old ground for new growth. Trust him to do the work. Follow with the water. And Teresa says, the water is nothing other than prayer. And prayer is nothing other than loving attentiveness.
today may you rest. May you rest in your God-given worth. May you rest in the gentle and patient love of the gardener. Let go of all your trying to make happen, of everything you're trying to self-improve and trust the work of the gardener. Follow him, watch him and simply show up with the water. Amen. Let it be. Amen. Like thunder, the kingdom come.